This podcast is for informational purposes only and does not constitute legal, tax, investment, financial, or other advice. It is not intended to cause or induce breach of an existing agency agreement. The goal of this podcast since day one is to provide the best information on the Vancouver real estate market at no cost to you, the listeners. To that end, we'd like to thank the following sponsors. This podcast is sponsored by Marcon, a local family-owned and managed real estate development and construction company that's been around for nearly four decades. Marcon is not only committed to high-quality construction, but it also is making a positive impact in the communities in which it builds all across the Lower Mainland. We want to highlight two incredible Marcon projects. Elmwood, a 38-story tower located at Burquitlam's most important intersection, Como Lake Avenue and Clark Road. This landmark tower will feature 335 condominiums, over 37,000 square feet of office and retail space, and almost 20,000 square feet of amenity space. Elmwood has been incredibly popular with 80% sold currently, but they still have a great selection of junior one-bedroom all the way to three-bedroom homes remaining. Check out markon.ca slash Elmwood for more. And Matt, we are also excited about Sone House, Markon's newest community in West Coquitlam. With 165 homes ranging from junior one beds to three beds, Sone House offers the perfect West Coast aesthetic with a more nuanced Nordic-inspired design. Register today at markon.ca slash Sonehouse. That's S-O-E-N-H-A-U-S. Or you can learn more at markon.ca or follow them at Instagram at markonhomes. Markon, building for life. Hello? 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 This is the Vancouver Weather State Podcast. And welcome back to Vancouver Real Estate Podcast. I'm your host, Adam Scalina. And I'm your host, Matt Scalina. And Matt, we're heading west today. Uh, northwest, Adam. Ah, yes. As as made famous by Kim and Kanye. Right, the uh, Kim and Kanye Passage, as they, as, <laughs> as they call it. We're going out to Squamish. That's right. We're headed to Squamish. We got a couple great guests today. Uh, Municipal Councillor John French is on talking about why he's so excited about Squamish. Right, right. And then we have Tiffany Sprinkles, uh, a property manager, because when we were talking to John about the rental market, that's kind of outside his purview, really. And and Tiffany kind of fills in a lot of the gaps there uh, after the talk with John. But one thing is for sure, if you listen to this and you're not excited about Squamish as an investment... Uh, you didn't actually properly listen to this. Go back to episode one. <laughs> uh, first off, I mean, one of the we've been excited about Squamish for a while, right? Uh, as as a bedroom community for Vancouver, but for multiple other reasons. Uh, most notably, right now, the massive three point five billion Squamish ski resort that is uh, aiming to be opened by two thousand twenty five. Yeah, twenty twenty five, Matt. Twenty twenty five. That's Super how exciting. You say that. <laughs> <laughs> and that's an Aquilini project. And uh, as John mentions, never Aqu- heard of them. Aquilini. They they tend to when they set out to do something, they tend to get yeah, it done. Yeah, for sure. If anyone's going to get it done, it will be that family for sure. That's right. Um, so that's exciting. And and so many changes just happening in Squamish in general. 
well. Also, the rents. You're going to be surprised about the rents. Uh, we talk about average rents per one bedrooms, two bedrooms, three bedroom townhomes and, and up. And Tiffany has some very interesting numbers. Yeah, those are intriguing um, rental numbers. Absolutely. So if you have invested in Squamish, uh, congratulations, because that market has had legs for a long time. But also, if you're interested in investing in Squamish, let us know, because I think there's still a very bright future out there. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So Matt, but before we get to our interview with John French, what else is new with you? Well, you know what? It's been a, it's been a busy week, but uh, the big news is I uh, I got the Apple update on my iPhone for okay. So yeah, so did I. And uh, there was you, a notable change. There, there my was, phone is much slower now. Yeah. Okay. And that's also common. and and also uh, they launched a new what are they calling it? Apple News. Apple News. And I don't hey we got to go lightly here because Apple Podcasts is basically what gives us uh, yeah that's our bread and butter that's our that's our bread and butter it's uh it's it's where we listen to podcasts but on a side note their logo for apple news looks a lot like our scalina real estate logo adam i wouldn't say a lot i would say they basically went to scalina real estate and copied our branding well this is the thing (laughs) it's almost exact it's exactly the same now we got to change our brand i think what they did is they took our brand trademarked it and now they're probably going to come after us legally (laughs) yeah yeah but what i don't understand i mean ours makes sense in my mind i mean for for the listeners at home it's kind of three uh what would you call those it's a very hard it's a very hard to describe but what it looks like if you think in terms of our last name scalina is it looks like an s right but Apple News, it's kind of unclear the logic of why they have what looks like an S as, as their yeah. app uh, image. But so, anyway, well, real feather in our hat. So if you're listening, uh, Director of Marketing for Apple, um, thanks. Now we got to go back to the drawing board. And uh, Matt, also, we should have trademarked. But, but one thing I will say, Adam, uh, Scalina Real Estate, our branding is five years ahead. So that's yeah, that's pretty impressive stuff. Or so far behind that it's it's now finally become, caught up. It's, it's finally <laughs> it's become cool again. Yeah, exactly. Maybe we should put that on VancouverRealEstatePodcast.com uh, Vancouver, yeah. as well. If you're interested in seeing how interestingly similar, we'll post on Instagram as well. Our Instagram feed has been uh, we're getting more lively on there, and and people are engaging. It's, it's and we're asking fun. questions. We're asking a lot of questions every week. Uh, so if you are on Instagram and you want to follow us, it's at Vancouver Real Estate Podcast. Right. Um, so maybe what I'll do is I'll put the Scalina logo and then also the Apple logo, and you can uh, you can see it for yourself. So dare, go check dare, it out. Dare to compare, and maybe uh, maybe we'll have a poll. Which one's better? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> we know which one was there first. Yeah, that's for sure. That's for sure. And we know which one makes more money. Uh, ours. <laughs> uh, and we know which one can get your home sold. <laughs> yeah, that 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 is 100%. We'll also put it out over on VancouverRealEstatePodcast.com. But maybe we should cut to our talk with uh, Municipal Councilor John French. Enjoy, guys. Even though through the course of, of my career, I applied for jobs outside of Squamish, ultimately, I, I never left because everything I ever wanted was right here. Uh, sorry, John, we'll just have to stop for a second here. There's some shaking, like almost like, is an earthquake happening here? It might just be an exploding refrigerator. Hey John, can we call you back in five minutes? We're just—it looks like we just got to unplug this fridge. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sorry. Sorry about this. This was unexpected. 
Yeah. Okay. Let's let's just start. We'll just start right over. Yeah. From scratch. Hello. Hey, hey, John. We're all sorted. Sorry about that. We literally had a runaway fridge. Um, okay. Okay. So we're here with John French, municipal councillor in Squamish. How you doing, John? Very well. Thank you. Thanks for taking the time today. So, John, can you maybe just start by telling us a little bit about yourself? Sure, yeah. Um, I was born in Squamish. I grew up in the community. And uh, once I finished high school, I was in the, in Vancouver for a bit of post-secondary education. And my first job in my, uh, my working life was in Fort Nelson, British Columbia, so a long ways away up north. And then uh, ultimately, I, I moved to Fort St. John, and then my career took me to Parksville. And through all of that, I just knew that Squamish was the place I wanted to get back to because everything that I wanted was in the community that I grew up in, uh, you know, proximity to Whistler and skiing, and then proximity to the world-class city that Vancouver is, and all the outdoor recreation in Squamish. Uh, ultimately, I made my way back in uh, 1990, and while I, through my career development, applied for other jobs in other places, uh, ultimately, I didn't take any of those opportunities because uh, Squamish was where I wanted to be. Right on. And 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 what do you do for for work outside of being a, a counselor, John? Yeah. So uh, currently, I am in the um, building supply business. I sell insulation, drywall, uh, roofing products. So I'm I'm seeing firsthand the development boom in Squamish. Yeah. No kidding. No kidding. How, how has Squamish changed uh, since you? since you were a kid? <laughs> Dramatically. So from my earliest memories of the notion of population, um, you know, I would have been about uh, eight or nine years old. The population of Squamish was 5,000. And um, I really, I knew all my neighbors. Uh, I knew most of the people my age around the community because I was really involved. You know, my parents got me into everything from uh, soccer and baseball to the the Cubs. Uh, So even people my age who went to different schools, I tended to know all of those people because of the various activities that I was doing. And uh, Squamish was a tight community based around the forest industry and resource extraction. And if you fast forward to now, uh, we still have the forest industry. It's not nearly the size that it was through the 70s and 80s. And, uh, you know, our, our industrial outlets, a lot of them have been converted over to other uses now, whether that be commercial or uh, lots of them residential. Uh, and we're, we're very much a bedroom community now with the uh, workforce emptying out. Uh, between 6 a.m. and 7.30 most mornings to either go north to Whistler to work or south to Vancouver. Uh, so, you know, th- those are some of the, the really big changes I've seen in my lifetime here. And and so it's interesting. It sounds like, because I was going to say, do you, do you see Squamish as, as a bedroom community? And it sounds like it's it very much is, and it's kind of in terms of local economic drivers, um, it really is feeding off of people either heading to Vancouver or, or to Whistler. Definitely. And a trend that we've seen growing uh, more significantly uh, up against the number of commuters is people who are moving to Squamish, attracted by the lifestyle, coming with the ability to telecommute. 
And they've chosen Squamish because they want to be close to Vancouver, but they don't want to be in Vancouver. Uh, they have the economic means to be able to purchase property, uh, have a house likely with a suite in it so that they've got a mortgage helper. And um, that particular segment of our community has really been a significant influence in, I would say, like the last five years where we've seen the technology evolve such that people really have great flexibility around working from their home office, making an excellent living at it, and enjoying all of the outdoor amenities that Squamish has to offer. So, John, um, one of the things we've talked about on this program before is just the the uh, growth of Squamish from a real estate perspective, uh, specifically looking at the stats over the last five years. I mean, it's been, uh, the if not the number one fastest growing in terms of capital appreciation, it's been among it's up the there, top that's three. That's for sure, yeah. Um, how, what kind of unique challenges has that created for the for the community of Squamish? Well, uh, the pressure on in- infrastructure is definitely high up on the list. Um, we have some aging uh, water pipes and some aging sewer lines that are, are in need of replacement. And when new units are, are going in, of course, new pipelines have to go out to those areas. And uh, it becomes expensive uh, when a community is trying to replace its aging existing infrastructure while also building for the future. And there's you know, more than a few people in Squamish who feel we're going too fast and and our future is too much about too many people coming here. The, the simple uh, reality is Squamish is an amazing place to be and people want to be here and people are coming. Uh, so the, the demand for new housing is definitely here. Um, and then there's also the pressure on our um, recreation amenities, like our Brendan Park that has the ice arena, the swimming pool, and gymnasium facility. Uh, that has become an extremely busy facility, and Squamish Council is currently looking at how do we expand it? Uh, how do we raise the money to make that happen? And, and what kind of time frame do we take to do it? So those are some of the pressures we're seeing. And and you said when you were a when you were a kid growing up in Squamish, there was about five thousand people there. Uh, the population right now for our listeners, uh, it's it's in the range of twenty thousand. Uh, you know, the wow. most recent census has just under twenty, but we've grown since that census number came out. And um, my best educated guess, I'd put it at somewhere around twenty one thousand. And and in terms of fluctuations, seasonal fluctuations, are you are you, do you guys see kind of that the the number of so there's twenty one thousand call it residents, but during you know high times uh, for ski season or, or mountain bikes or or whatever is kind of going on, are you seeing wild fluctuations in the number of people that are are using the facilities there? Sure. I don't have any data to back this up, but my gut says no. Um, our population is pretty consistent, pretty steady. Um, the the number of people that are coming in in the summer months to take advantage of uh, mountain biking, kite sailing, climbing, golfing, for the most part, they're day visitors. Uh, the one exception might be climbers. They tend to uh, like camping. 
and they do it as low cost as they possibly can uh, and as low impact as they possibly can. So we don't tend to really see a big impact mm-hmm. by um, that particular recreation group. And so you contrast that to Whisper, where very distinct fluctuations take place. We don't tend to have a lot of transient Whistler employees. That type of individual generally finds accommodation in Whistler. I mean, as tough as it is, they make it work because they want to be in Whistler where the skiing and snowboarding is. They don't want to be an hour away or 45 minutes away in Squamish where uh, the housing is a little more available and a little more affordable. So, yeah, I, I would say our population tends to be quite steady without any seasonal fluctuations. So you're, you're low on Australians. <laughs> <laughs> well, we love the Australians. We have a few of them, but uh, compared to Whistler, yeah, we're low on Australians. I was going to say, uh, we were introduced to you, John, by Adrian Byrne, a past guest uh, who's currently living in Australia and is from Australia. So there's definitely a few Australians in, in, in the community. Yeah. So, so maybe just uh, you touched on kind of where I was thinking of, of going there. Uh, you know, Whistler has an extreme shortage of housing. Um, just a current snapshot of of the situation in Squamish. Like, are you guys, do you, do you have the vacancy rate um, at, at your fingertips here? Or is it, how challenging is it for people to find housing in, in Squamish right now? Yeah, it's challenging. There's no doubt about it. I, a friend of mine just yesterday informed me she's moving to Langley. And uh, a big part of it is rental pressure. She's a renter. Um, and her rent has gone up steadily in the last couple of years. And um, she's booking out. Uh, yeah, we're pretty much a zero vacancy rate. Um, and I, I would say not quite as challenging as Whistler, when Whistler is having its seasonal fluctuations and um, its ski season housing crunch. But nonetheless, uh, anybody who is looking for a rental unit in Squamish right now is going to have a rough go of it. You, you kind of need to know somebody who's got a cousin with an uncle with uh, <laughs> you know a room available. Yeah. And you better have two jobs and you better have a low footprint because... <laughs> Living in Squamish is not cheap. Right, right. And, and can you talk a little bit about that, John? Because as a counselor, you you probably see the day to day issues in the in the area. What what are some of the kind of the tensions that people are experiencing in in Squamish right now, from a, the perspective of affordability, but also um, I would imagine that any time a community is growing at an at an alarming rate, there's some resistance. Yeah, one of the big things is because Squamish is such a lifestyle community, like people live here by choice because they love the trails. They love the water. Um, you know, they love whatever their recreational pursuit is. So a lot of employers are taking advantage of that by paying less than industry standard for whatever the job is. So, you know, a, a, a job in Vancouver that will pay $20 an hour. Uh, employers in Squamish are finding they can pay 17, 18 because people are prepared to sacrifice that difference for living in the community that they want to be in. So, Interesting. you know, it, it creates that push and pull where um, people want to be here 
And then they also want to make the top dollar they can make in whatever field they've chosen. And uh, that's another one of the reasons why there are a lot of commuters in this community. Why would you take a $17 an hour in Squamish when you can drive your car down to the city and uh, have a, a, a significantly bigger wage that easily covers your commuting costs? Mm-hmm. In terms of kind of the, the near term, maybe if we're looking out uh, three, five, ten years in Squamish, are you excited about the future? Do you see it changing? Because, I mean, presumably uh, a lot of the change that's happened has happened over the last, basically, I would I would guess since the Olympics, it's kind of really exploded uh, with the housing situation that I think is kind of was started in Vancouver and it's, you know, led to people moving outwards to Squamish and to Victoria and other places. I, I would guess the last five years have been uh, ones of enormous change for Squamish. What do you see kind of in the next three to five and then on to 10 years in terms of the community? Yeah. Uh, the Olympics was definitely the catalyst to uh, the growth that we've seen. And when I say Olympics, I think really what I mean is the widening and the expansion of Highway 99. Right. Because it made the killer highway, as it was known <laughs> through the, the 70s and 80s, a whole lot safer. And the, the improvements took us from over an hour to Vancouver to just under an hour. And that's a pretty big psychological barrier for people. So when I look ahead to the next three years and the next five years, I see Squamish definitely growing up. Um, We don't have very many three-story or higher buildings in Squamish right now. And in the next three years, well, I mean, like right now, downtown Squamish has five projects off the top of my head that are four or more stories that are under construction right now. And we're seeing submissions for projects that are going higher than that. So we don't necessarily have a major land shortage. There is land available in Squamish. However, best practices are really dictating, uh, take advantage of infill and in properties that are old and falling apart uh, single-story buildings. Uh, we're, we're seeing um, what do you call it? Assemblies mm-hmm. uh, where where properties are being purchased three, four, five at a time, and then a developer is combining those properties and taking what currently has single-family houses on those properties and um, creating a multi-story, multi-unit, potentially with commercial on the bottom and uh, a few floors of living above. So. We are definitely going up in Squamish. And uh, like right now, uh, single family lots are not selling too well. It's pretty, pretty sluggish in that particular category. Mm-hmm. We've got a significant number of lots available and room for a fair amount of growth in that sector uh, as, as we build out. I, you know, I think we'll probably see that recover um, as more and more people catch on to what's available in Squamish. And as Vancouver and Metro Vancouver's outlying areas, uh, their single-family lot availability uh, starts to decrease. Just for people that are not familiar with the with the region, John, um, some of our listeners may be potentially in the U.S. or, or other countries, can can Squamish actually expand? Like, do you have the room to, to expand out? Or is are you going, are you growing up 
just because of uh, the fact that you, you are landlocked to some extent? Yeah, no, we very much have available uh, lot. Like the official community plan right now identifies a number of areas that are undeveloped uh, yet slated for future development, but they have caps in place, uh, population thresholds that need to be reached before the owners of those properties um, will even be permitted to submit proposals for development. So I, I think we're, we are smartly thinking ahead by holding back some developers and asking them uh, not to start the development process now and uh, wait for future demand to build. And it makes total sense because of the the number of single-family lots that we currently have available that don't seem to be moving. Uh-huh. It, it's really interesting to me, uh, and this is thinking out loud here, but I think of the type of people we know, and we know quite a few people who uh, are either aspiring to move to Squamish or have up and moved to Squamish. And it strikes me as, as a thinking about it as a bedroom community from Vancouver that, um, you know, a lot of those folks like kind of walkable uh, urban, kind of an urban existence. And it seems like those, the condos or townhomes or those, the lots that are being assembled, like you mentioned, would actually, that kind of living appeals to them or they're used to it. But, but the interesting other side to that is is that we still see people going east in Vancouver, you know, out to Langley or wherever because they're they aspire to a single family home. But it sounds like there's kind of I think the cultures are different for the people moving uh, far east in in Vancouver as opposed to moving to Squamish, right? I, I don't know. This is a theory that I'm just making yeah. up on the spot. But. Yeah, Matt's put a lot well, of yeah. thought into that theory. <laughs> Thoughts. <laughs> I'll pick up what you're putting down. Um, (laughs) You know, I I sort of have it that the people who are choosing Squamish are the people who are really active, who are really into uh, getting out of their house and doing stuff outdoors. And I'm thinking the people who are going out into the Fraser Valley are maybe a little more sedentary. You know, they're not Mm. necessarily looking for um, hiking right outside their door. They're, they're more concerned about affordability and, uh, you know, how quickly can I get from where I live uh, to my place of work in New West Burnaby, Vancouver, you know, wherever they're, they're commuting to. Uh, and, you know, again, just like you, that's my gut, <laughs> right. my, my theory. But I think there's some merit to it. You know, there's a lot going on in this community in the way of physical activity. I'm going to need some footnotes, guys. I was going to say, maybe we can co-author a paper here, John. <laughs> um, uh, can we can we talk a little bit about what you're excited about for the future in Squamish, John? Um, well, I'm excited about that which has made Squamish exciting for people forever, and it's the outdoor amenities. Um, we have world-class kite sailing in the summer months when the winds blow up house sound. And we have world-class climbing on uh, the Chief and the Smoke Bluffs. Uh, we have world-class mountain bike trails. Uh, we've got um, Furry Creek Golf and Country Club, which is um, an amazing experience if you don't mind losing golf balls left, right, and center. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for you, maybe. <laughs> and, <laughs> and we have Squamish Valley Golf and Country Club, which has been around for a long, long time. Um, we've got lakes and rivers that are full of fish. 
you know, and the list just goes on. If you, you, you like, um, mechanized recreation, snowmobiling is close by in the winter months, ATV and dirt biking, uh, in the nicer months, um, kayaking, stand up paddle boards. It's hard to find somebody in Squamish who doesn't do these outdoor recreational activities, you know, because we have great artists and when they're not painting or, or writing manuscripts or, you know, whatever their art is, they're out on their mountain bike. And, you know, we have computer geeks (laughs) who, when they're not writing code, they're out on the spit sailing their, their, their kite. Um, So, you know, I think the outdoor recreation is really what it's all about for most people who are making Squamish their home. And we one of the one of the things that caught our attention about Squamish um, was this uh, proposed three point five billion dollar ski resort that it sounds like they're they're hoping if it if everything uh, goes through that they'll be operating by like twenty twenty five or something like that. Um, what are your thoughts on that? Is that actually something that is is potentially going to happen. I, I I've heard that there's some, uh, a lot of bit, a lot of pushback from the locals. Yeah, it's certainly got some detractors and, um, there's also super keen supporters. It's a project that I, I think, you know, was first talked about in the 1950s. So this idea has been around for a long time. Um, and the first proponent actually, got some infrastructure into the ground. A chalet was built up there and the beginnings of a lift system were installed. They ran out of money, went bankrupt and, uh, attempts have been made ever since to make something happen up there. And we're as close as the community has ever been to having it become reality. And, uh, it brings an exciting dynamic to the community of, giving us a significant employer base and now granted it's it's tourism jobs so uh you know it's not all family supporting like we would have seen through the 70s and 80s with uh with industry uh but it has excellent potential in my mind and it's a project that i support and have been on record as supporting for a, a long time and and do you think it's 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 going to with the deep history of it, at least attempts being made here it sounds like you're you're quite confident that it's going to be built I am confident yeah um i mean the the backers of the project have uh, a rich history of development success in bc it's the aquilini family right. the, the primary group and um they are doing exactly what they need to do to, to move it forward. You know, they're, they're making the investments, they're doing uh, feasibility studies and uh, engineering, uh, early engineering work that needs to be done. All signs are pointing towards this being a, a very serious project. And, and if this ski hill goes through, what, what do you think that's going to do to kind of the local economy and, and the future of Squamish? Well, one of the things that it, one of the biggest fears is the impact it will have on Highway 99. We're already a very busy route. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we call it the Whisper 500. That happens Friday evenings and Sunday or evenings. So, uh, you know, people coming up from the city Friday evening, uh, just bringing the highway to capacity. 
and then um, returning in huge numbers Sunday afternoon. In, in Squamish, you just know not to leave your house <laughs> when that's happening because you just get bogged down in the parking lot that Highway 99 sometimes becomes. So um, the proponents of that project are, are uh, tasked with making sure their impact on Highway 99 is as minimal as possible. So I know there's a lot of talk about buses and mass transit solutions um, for getting visitors to that resort. And then Squamish is a community that uh, its young people grow up and move away because they can't afford to live here. They, you know, they, they're moving to more affordable places uh, across Canada and around the world even um, because they can't find the type of work that will sustain them here. So there's a lot of hope that uh, that operation will be a great place for Squamish's young people to uh, have their first job and then get themselves trained uh, so that they can generate the kind of income that will allow them to stay here. So John, I, I've been to Squamish a, a number of times, but I'm not super familiar with the area. Can you talk a little bit about um, density in Squamish and also kind of the, the downtown and surrounding areas and how they interact? Yeah, sure. When I mentioned earlier about how Squamish is growing up, um, the downtown area is is really where that upward mobility is mostly taking place. There's been an emphasis the last couple of years on uh, redeveloping the downtown and, and infilling that area. And there, there were incentives in place for developers to um, uh, take uh, older rundown properties and redevelop and go up with them. So uh, there's there's a lot of construction activity in the downtown and in the in around the perimeter of the downtown area. For instance, we've got what's called Waterfront Landing. Well, that's what we knew it as, but it looks like they're now marketing it as Sea and Sky, and that's where the old International Forest Products Sawmill used to be. And 900 housing units are going into that space with um, a future car bridge linking that area to the downtown along with a future pedestrian bridge. It is, it's an, a very exciting development. It's mostly townhouses. Um, no, it is all townhouses and condominiums. I don't believe there are any single family lots in the development. Uh, it's very compact and uh, it's very tight living, but it's a great plan. I mean, the architecture looks fabulous and the, the detail that's gone into making it um, look like a beautiful neighborhood um, is exemplary in, in my mind. And we're really seeing developers uh, looking at the downtown area of Squamish as the place to, uh, to develop, to address Squamish's growing housing needs and make what I would think is a ton of money <laughs> because um, $500,000 is now being marketed as uh, affordable housing. Right. And, uh, you know, as someone who bought my current house back, you know, in uh, 2002 for $250,000, um, it, it's mind boggling uh, how, how the prices have increased in Squamish. And, and a lot of it has to do with that infill strategy in the downtown area of Squamish. And and just thinking out loud here, have you guys, I, I know 
basically, especially in contrast to Whistler, um, it's not as transient. You don't have as many kind of people that are staying overnight. But have you guys had in any issues with Airbnb? Uh, is that a popular strategy for for people who own properties in whether they live in them part of the year or most of the year? Um, is there any restrictions against Airbnbs? Can you speak to that a little bit? Yeah, it's uh, definitely an ongoing conversation, and Squamish Council is working on policy around it right now because um, it is growing in popularity. There's a lot of entrepreneurs in Squamish who uh, are uh, currently taking advantage of um, that sharing economy, and it's having impacts on uh, long-term affordable renting uh, for for our citizens. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so we're, we've definitely seen a trend in the last couple of years where people who had basement suites that they were renting out to local employees, converting those to um, Airbnb or, or other um, types of businesses along those lines. And they're doing it because it's lucrative. Sure. You know, where they were able to get $900 a month previously, they're now getting $1,500, $1,600 a month by um, tapping into that market. It must be lucrative because I, I think I was talking to somebody last year in Squamish and he had moved a motor home onto his front yard in order to rent his house out on Airbnb. <laughs> so, I mean, to take that, I don't know what his wife was saying, but to take that sacrifice in order to uh, make the 10 grand a lot of scratch month. there. <laughs> <laughs> that might have been just for high season. Anyways, I don't, I don't want to flag anyone, John. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's the reality. That is happening all around this community, and it's definitely having a big impact on rental availability for people who are working um, minimum wage jobs uh, in Squamish. Sure. I guess the one thing uh, that Squamish has going for it, at least, is is there are uh, – Whistler and Vancouver have both kind of tackled the – the Airbnb issue, I guess, in different ways for different reasons, but you have some blueprints to work off of, I guess. Yeah, for sure. Um, and, and not just Whistler and Vancouver, but our council has looked at what other communities are doing that are facing very similar scenarios to us. Like Revelstoke um, comes to my mind. Mm. Uh, apparently there've been some issues and, and other communities like that, that are, are, uh, industrial history with still some industry, but very much now oriented around uh, tourism with strong tourism economies. And yeah, there are a lot of templates out there. So we've got a lot of material to work with in coming up with the policy around how to regulate um, Airbnb and that type of business in Squamish. And do you think in terms of, I, it sounds like you're kind of in the process, but do you think can you speak to what type of regulation you think is going to come out of uh, the work you guys are putting in right now? Um, yeah, yeah, I don't want to prejudge yeah. the outcome, but certainly, yeah, I can I can share some of my own thoughts. Like, I think we're going to see a scenario where it's going to become a at least a bit more expensive to operate um, a bed and breakfast that was formerly a basement suite. Uh, to help cover the costs of administering all of the the um, policy a- around that, um, and I, I I think it it will become more restrictive, uh, and it'll be more difficult to get licensing to run that kind of operation with the eye 
being on making sure we've got enough employee rental stock to uh, have a viable uh, community for the employees who work here. Fair enough. Yeah. And maybe we'll leave it there. But John, we've got this segment called the Five Wire, five quick questions, usually about Vancouver, but we're thinking of uh, doing the Squamish edition here. Can you stick around for that? Yeah, I'm up for it. Okay. So question number one, what is your favorite neighborhood or area in Squamish? Oh, that's easy. Where I live, Garibaldi Highlands. (laughs) (laughs) Favorite bar or restaurant? Okay, I'll go with the Salted Vine, uh, downtown Squamish. It's uh, it's our high-end, um, top uh, number one restaurant, in my mind. Great. That's a good one. There's a good Indian food place. Uh, I'm trying to There's also that. a great bar along the the water. I'm, I'm blanking on the name. Uh, House, House Sound Inn? H- House, Brewing, yeah, 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 yeah. Difficult to park, yeah. but uh, great place to eat. <laughs> yeah, difficult to park, easy to drink. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, and... Uh, um, what was the <laughs> sounded like a <laughs> that's that's you careful. You were you were a passenger at that. Yeah, moment. I was a passenger. <laughs> I was a passenger. Um <laughs> where do you bring somebody uh from out of town or from Vancouver if they're just up visiting? First place. Uh up to see the sky gondola for sure. <laughs> I don't know I don't and, know if our normal one our normal question is uh downtown penthouse or west side mansion, but I'm not sure how we, we, we can, can frame tweak that. that. We can we can uh <laughs> House in the Garibaldi Highlands or uh, a downtown uh, $500,000 two-bed? <laughs> uh, definitely House in the Highlands. Yeah. Okay. And last question, uh, not related to Squamish, but what is something that you've purchased in the last year or so or recently for under $500 that's had a major positive impact on your life? Oh, my. Um <laughs> That's the stumper. That's a good, that's a very good one. Um, gee, you know, um, I, I think I'll go with my $12 paper daytimer notebook because I used to rely way too much on my iPhone. Right. <laughs> that's interesting. So you're going back, back to the, I used to carry a, a calendar book around uh, before the iPhone, but you're going back to, to using one. Well, I, I use them in conjunction, and I uh, just find that when I actually write something down, it locks it in my brain a little bit better than typing it into my iPhone. So uh, I, I'm the I, same that's way. Me. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's an affordable one, uh, great, that, yeah. and a great response. Well, well, thanks so much for your time, John. That was a that was a fascinating uh, conversation, and there's there's a lot uh, a lot to think about there, and our listeners are going to enjoy it, I'm sure, for sure. And John, how can people find out more about you and about what you're doing, and uh, and Squamish in general? I would recommend um, have a visit to squamish.ca. Uh, that's the District of Squamish web- website where you can learn all about all kinds of things about Squamish from economic development opportunities to recreational offerings. And uh, you can click on my biography (laughs) in the council section where uh, it um, talks all about the people who uh, play a role in setting policy in Squamish. So yeah, squamish.ca is where I'd suggest you check. Fantastic. Well, thanks again for your time, John. Well, great to meet you guys. And um, thanks for your interest in Squamish.
Okay, so we're here with Tiffany Sprinkles, property manager at Elevate Performance Realty and Management. How are you doing, Tiffany? Good. How are you doing today? Yeah, very well, very well. Thanks for taking the time, Tiffany. We should say you're out in Squamish. And uh, yeah. and we wanted to have a quick conversation with you, Tiffany, uh, about the rental market in Squamish right now. How How is the rental market? Uh, it's, it's fairly busy right now. Um, you know, ever since uh, it's kind of climbed with the real estate market. So since 2015, uh, it's been quite busy. It was a bit slow in uh, the wintertime. Kind of December, January is usually a, a slow time with switchover of tenants. Um, but yeah, ever since February, it's been really busy. A lot of people out there looking. It's a good time to rent out your place or rent a place. Is just um, along the lines of kind of seasonal seasonality of the rental market, I guess, is there kind of the best times and the slowest times? Uh, that's definitely the case in Vancouver. Is that the case in Squamish? Yeah, it's pretty much the same. We get a, a bit of overflow from the uh, Whistler rental market just because uh, in their busy seasons, um, wintertime, uh, a lot of the employees there will sometimes come down to Squamish for for a bit to secure some, you know, rentals just because it's so tough out there. So um, I'd say the the most popular times rental place are spring, summer, fall. Just really the the slowest times. Not a lot of people like to move around. Uh, you know, Christmas time and the holidays and the in the dead of winter there. And, and Tiffany, is there a, an average tenant profile, like a typical person that's that's looking for a rental in Squamish? Um, it varies a bit. Um, we definitely have a lot of, um, you know, young couples moving from the Vancouver area, a lot of families as well. Um, sometimes they just decide to, to purchase right of the way, but we do have quite a bit of families and couples that like to rent first. Uh, get an idea of the different areas in Squamish to see, you know, where they'd like to end up and purchase. In terms of rents, can can we maybe speak to kind of, and I know property types are very widely, but for kind of one bedroom, two bedroom, three bedroom condos or townhomes, can we, is can you speak to kind of the average rents and, and then maybe a little bit about absorption rates? Like if you're, if you're a landlord, how long you can expect to, to be searching for, for a, a great tenant? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so it kind of varies. Obviously, there's a lot of different types of properties out there. But if we're speaking on, you know, a newer, you know, built within the last 10 years uh, condo, um, most of the condos are, you know, for a one-bedroom or a one-bedroom and den, you're kind of looking between $1,500 and $1,700 a month. If it's a, a nice two-bedroom, you know, usually two-bathroom apartment, um, you're looking around 1800 to 2200 a month. A popular inventory item right now is a three-bedroom townhome, uh, just because there's been quite a few new developments. Um, so a three-bedroom townhome with a garage um, can run you anywhere between twenty-five and three thousand dollars a month, depending on the square footage. And then there's also, you know, a lot of people in Squamish have transformed their home and done a, a basement suite, or have also done a carriage house. So. Uh, basement suites can vary a little bit more just because there's such a range of, right. uh, you know, how it is inside. So um kind of depends on the finishing. And uh, yeah, places get rented fairly quickly. We, we very rarely have a property that sits empty for a month. You know, usually it's as long as we get enough notice from the client or homeowner uh, that has their home or townhouse ready to rent, uh, we're usually able to secure a tenant pretty quickly. That those rents seem seem quite high uh, to me. Um, 
Tiffany, if you were buying an investment property right now in Squamish, knowing what you know about the rental market, uh, what's the best buy out there in your mind? Uh, that's a tricky question. We're kind of, uh, you know, same as Vancouver. Um, you know, Squamish has been building, you know, 2015, 2016, 2017, 2018. And, you know, there's quite a bit of inventory coming on the market as far as uh, condos are concerned. We have mm-hmm. quite a few buildings uh, downtown Squamish. There's probably like seven buildings that will be completed in the next, you know, two years or so. So, the I'm not sure you know where uh, where that's going to go. I mean, obviously, it, all these buildings have already been pre-sold, so that's definitely a positive. I don't know how many of those are investors or uh, people that will be moving into the property. A lot of people have been purchasing. You know, it depends on what your real estate goal is, if it's long term or in the short term. But you know, purchasing a home with a with a basement suite or with carriage house pr- potential. Um, has been a popular option. And depending on price point, um, you know, a condo or a townhome, we never have any issues renting those. As I mentioned, there's a lot of young couples coming to the area. So, you know, one or two bedroom condo is usually, you know, the perfect fit for starting out. And and do you find that the on the rental market, like at least in, Van, say, downtown Vancouver right now, I think one bedrooms are performing better than two bedrooms on the rental market. Um or at least the demand is, is higher. Is that the case in Squamish? Or? Um, I'd say it, I, across the board it varies. Uh, we manage about 200 properties in Squamish, and it, it kind of goes in waves. There's not really any rhyme or reason to it. Like right now, we have five three-bedroom you know, suites, whether it's a townhouse or the main floor of a house, available to rent. And it just kind of, I don't think there's anything that's, uh, you know, performing better. I think, you know, across the board, there's, all different situations. Sometimes we get for the three bedrooms. Um, there's a lot of roommate situations. So sometimes it'll be a couple with, you know, a friend that wants to rent a house rather than being in a condo because they want some yard space. So, um, yeah, I'd say everything is pretty, pretty even as far as, yeah, one, two or three bedrooms. Okay. And, and most popular area, like neighborhood wise? Yeah. Again, that varies depending on the client, what they're interested in. Um, if they're super into mountain biking, um, you know, access out your door to the trails. And some people will choose Valley Cliff or Garibaldi Highlands. Some people that are, you know, eco-friendly or one-car families like being downtown so they can walk to um, the grocery store. There's a lot of trails downtown. Again, if it's a commuter, sometimes they'll like, you know, the most northern neighborhood in Brackendale if they have to head to Whistler to work. So um, it's all about preference, but I, don't, I wouldn't say there's any any bad areas or any negative areas just depends on what you're what you're looking for and, and maybe as a final question tiffany um what's what's a, a more active market right now um in terms of furnished rentals or unfurnished rentals and then maybe as a another side question um how's the airbnb market yeah so um we do both furnished and unfurnished rentals in our inventory right now, like available properties, uh, we have three unfurnished properties available for rent. Unfurnished is definitely in more of demand just because people looking to, you know, establish their roots in Squamish more likely, uh, you know, they want to get their own furniture. They want to secure a place for at least a year. Sure. Um, so we have the easiest time renting the unfurnished properties. Um, the furnished properties still are busy as well. They're usually rented. We rent a lot of furnished property to companies that have some contract work up here 
or, you know, families that have sold and are just kind of in limbo until they buy their new um, home. So furnish works well too if the homeowner likes to use their property every once in a while. And then, yeah, as far as Airbnb goes, I find um, some people will go the Airbnb route depending on their property as well. If they're pretty hands-on, they'll choose that route because, you know, they can set the codes for access. And uh, we had a few owners that switched over to uh, doing Airbnb. And the summertime is really busy in Squamish, same with the winter, because we get some overflow from from Whistler. So a lot of people like staying here in Squamish. Um, But I'm not sure what the revenue numbers are like, how it averages out, you know, whether it makes sense to rent it furnished long term or do the nightly rentals because there is some shoulder seasons where the property wouldn't be um you know filled um too regularly right right well well that's that's fantastic thanks so much for your time today tiffany and and how can people find out more about about your uh your property management services yeah they can check us out online uh we're on facebook instagram or elevate performance realty and management um, or also our website, which is www.prmbc.ca. Sounds good, Tiffany. Well, thanks again and, and enjoy the day out in Squamish. All right. Thank you very much. So there you have it, folks, our discussion with Tiffany Sprinkles, property manager at Elevate Performance Realty and Management, and also John French, municipal councillor from Squamish. Absolutely. Really enjoyed that conversation. I feel like I know a lot more about Squamish and what's going on in that market. And and I was excited before. I'm even more excited now. We should say, Adam, past guest... Uh, keeping up with the Sydney Snyders, Adrian Byrne is the one who yes. put us in touch with with John French. Shout out to Adrian! Shout it's, out! He's in Australia. I don't know if he's uh, if he'll hear it or not, but he, he's uh, he was a great guest, and that was a fantastic recommendation. Yeah, absolutely. And what else we got for the for the day, Matt? Here we're uh, we've had a long episode. So that we is should probably uh, get going. Well, all I got to say, Adam, is. Head over to VancouverRealEstatePodcast.com. If you haven't said it before, if you haven't said it enough, definitely head over to VancouverRealEstatePodcast.com. That is your website for all things Vancouver real estate. We got an updated news feed. We got the live wire, that weekly newsletter, which, by the way, we are sending out basically weekly assignment deals right now. Sure. There is some incredible deals. Get on that uh, feed and you're going to see those. We also got private client services. We do, Matt. And all we should mention at the start here, all of these services are free. There's no obligation. It is just something that we're putting out there. So why not benefit from these resources? We've got PCS. And Matt, if you are not using PCS, you're standing still while the rest of us power walk by. You get sold prices, days on market. It's basically realtor level information. It's free. It's at your fingertips. And seriously, Seriously, it's the best way to look for real estate in Vancouver. If you're not using PCS to search Vancouver real estate, you're doing it wrong. And Adam, can I say one thing? Sure. We can set up PCS for Squamish. We can. Yeah, we can. We can. And, and we for w- Victoria. And we will. Yeah. And for Victoria. And actually, almost, I think almost all of BC. We're going to have to check. But if you are a listener and you're not living in Vancouver, fret not. <laughs> don't. Yeah, don't get all upset. Don't get upset. <laughs> You're the only guy crying on the treadmill. It's yeah. all right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We we got your back. If you want to sign up, 
head to the website or give me a call at 778-847-2854 or matt at vancouverrealestatepodcast.com. Or you can try me at 778-866-4574 or adam at vancouverrealestatepodcast.com. And we also got that secret schooling line. Info at Vancouver. No. Um. <laughs> Wait. <laughs> Info at VancouverRealEstatePodcast.com. Have a good week, guys. Take care. Two thousand faces for radio. Subscribe today. Hey everyone, pardon the interruption. We just want to take a quick minute to thank the following sponsors who make this show possible. We want to take a minute to tell you about Holy House, a nonprofit organization that provides community building programs and tenant support services to low-income seniors, veterans, families, and vulnerable residents in the downtown east side and across the lower mainland. Melissa from our team has been volunteering at Holy House. Melissa, what's been your experience? Honestly, it's been so fulfilling just to spend a few hours a week in the community and watch how the staff really transforms these vulnerable communities from the inside out, starting with just small things, right? Playing games, drinking coffee, having some simple conversations that you wouldn't necessarily think are super fulfilling. And you come out just feeling like you've really made an impact and connected with the community. And you've been to multiple buildings, but you're playing games, drinking coffee. Yeah, you know, serving food sometimes. And you made some friends along the and way. I've made some friends along the way. It's really helped me be more present, actually, in those moments of just, you know, realizing how simple life can be to make an impact, right? Fantastic. And if you want to learn more, you can definitely check out Jenny Conkin, co-founder of Holy House, who is a past guest fan favorite on the show, or head over to holyhouse.ca where you can donate or volunteer, and they're looking for both donations, and they definitely like volunteers. That's holyhouse.ca. Vancouver needs your help. Be part of the solution. We are also sponsored by Oakland Realty. This is our real estate brokerage, best brokerage in the city, hands down. If you are in the industry, a new agent, an aspiring agent, somebody just looking to make a change, new culture, new energy, new resources, head over to oakland.com slash join, type in VRP 2020. That's oakland.com slash join, type in VRP 2020. Not only do you get to meet Michael Morgan and the gang, the big wigs over at Oakland, you get a huge incentive for first going to oakland.com slash join, typing in VRP 2020.